0: Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone. This is Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love, and we're here in Soul Talk. And we're having here uh, a very special guest for us. Her name is Trish Bowie. And I'm going to be reading a little bit of, of her herself. So like that, we, uh, we everybody knows who she is, that she's a beside that. She's a, an amazing person, an amazing human being, an amazing healer, too, and teacher. And Trish Bowie is an author, a speaker and founder of her company, Divine Compassion Multidimensional Healing System in the Western Canada Reiki Training Center. She herself is a transformational multidimensional coach guide. Having experienced a deep loss at a very young age through her life, Trisha struggled emotionally, spiritually, and physically in many years, fearing that all the males uh, she loved would be taken from her to loss. Through her own personal growth, faith, and connection to the divine, Trish has able to overcome the challenges, fears, from the future that is now living her life, a purpose in the inner peace. Trish is passionate about sharing her story and healing uh, with others. Trish's gift, gifted in her ability to show compassion and unconditional love while encouraging growth and healing uh, from within. Trish's positive outlook of, of faith of the divine Along her skills, training, and experience with a coach and healing. Make her someone you want to have in your corner as you're navigating the challenges of life. She's a manifesting queen, senior Reiki Usu, Usui, Tibetan master, Karuna, uh, Karuna master, Shambhala master, and heal your life, life facilitator and coach. And you can find more information in the description where you can find her. Trish, welcome to Soul Talk. We are really welcome to you. Have you here?
1: It's Thank sec- you, Monica.
0: It's the second try. The first one, it was it was not the time. No, it was not the perfect timing. This is this is the one.
1: This is it. <laughs> Thank you, Monica, for having me.
0: Thank you, Trish. Trish, I would like to ask you more about your journey. Uh, how do you became who you are now?
1: Ah, okay. Well, I like to say my journey started when I was around 24 years old. Um, I had lost before that in my life. My father died when I was 13. And I didn't have any grandparents after the age of eight. They had all passed on. And so uh, when my when I was 24, my husband died of a drowning accident in my yard And we had a a water supply. It was called a dugout, and that was our drinking supply. And he was in a boat with my four-year-old son, and they were uh, purifying the water with bluestone, gets rid of the algae in the water out in the country. And so they were doing that, and my son called out to me and said, Mom, you know, he said, or he said, Daddy, we're gonna drown. And my husband normally would say, oh, that's ridiculous, but he didn't. He brought him to the shore and I took my son out of the boat and um, my son asked me to go get him some juice, which I did. We were just sitting. I had my, my, my little baby and, well, she was uh, 14 months old and my son and we were sitting on the grass having juice and I could hear in the background this uh, grunting and splashing. And so I ran to the, I ran to see what was happening. I put my, my baby in the crib and I went out and my, my husband was, his back was turned to me. He was out of the boat and he was just like, you know, wavering in the water trying to, you know, keep himself up. And I said, you know, hang on and I'll get you a rope. And I I looked and I, I could only see a garden hose. And so I threw this garden hose out to him and, By the time I got into the water, I couldn't find him. He had disappeared. And so I had, you know, I I just had my shirt and my panties on. I threw my pants off and I was swimming and looking for him, but I couldn't find him. It was a million gallon dugout. So it was huge. And um, so I called for my four year old to call for help. And, you know, he was he knew at four years old how to phone everybody. So he was trying to phone everybody, all the family. And um, anyway, unfortunately, we couldn't find him. Skin divers came. It took them an hour to find him. So I was 24, and I was, uh, you know, I, I knew what it was like. I watched my mom. She was a young widow, and I knew I never wanted to be that. But I had to face reality really fast. I didn't have a driver's license. I had no, all our money was frozen, there was no will, and we lived 30 miles to the closest town, so I had to grow up really, really fast. Um, the sad part is, when you have to face grief like that, and we were in a northern Alberta community, and there, there was no help, there was no grief support or anything like that, and lots of times what happens is you suppress and even even though there are grief support out there, many people will still suppress their grief. And so I was so young and I suppressed my grief and I put a smile on my face and I was trying to be happy for everybody. Well, unfortunately, um, you know, I started getting physical symptoms started showing up. So I started having asthma, asthma fibromyalgia, I had to have back surgery the first year after my husband died. If you you know read Louise Hay's book, it's not feeling supported, right? And so I had that. Um, I had my gallbladder out a year after that, my appendix out a year after that. So I was starting to get lots and lots of physical illnesses because of suppressing my, my grief. And then I met another man. And he was wonderful. And uh, we five years later got married and had a child together. And, you know, I thought that I I was happy and and all that stuff would go away. But it was still there. I had still suppressed it. And my husband and I moved to central Alberta. Um, It was a dream. I wanted to be close to my family again. And so we moved this, uh, you know, sort of between both of our families Uh, about an hour and a half apart from both families. And um, I noticed I was still having lots of physical issues showing up. And so I had to go to the hospital. I couldn't lift a cup of coffee anymore. I had no uh, muscle strength. And the doctors actually thought I was dying of a disease. Uh, It's an illness that affects the respiratory. So they were checking my respirations every 15 minutes. To make sure I was okay. And um, that night when I went to go to sleep. I just prayed. And said, what is this? You know, what is wrong with me? And I felt a warmth. Just warmth comes through me and go through my body. And the word stress came through. Excuse me. And so... I just thought, stress, wow, stress could do this to me. The doctor came in in the morning and I told him, the nurse said, he's been up all night worrying about you. And I said, don't worry, I know what it is. And and he said, you do? How do you know? And I said, I just got this message during the night and I was told it was stress. And he said, you need to, if you believe that, You need to really start uh, taking care of yourself. He said, I saw patients end up in wheelchairs because of this. I've seen people go blind because of stress. And so I, um, I took his advice and I thought, okay, I have to find a way to deal with this. But in the meantime, a friend told me about Reiki. And I thought Reiki was weird. And so I grew up a very strong Catholic and um, she was telling me about this. I'm like, I don't know where that's coming from. I, I don't want to have, I don't want a treatment. But I got, you know, when you get sick enough and you can't, you've got children and you've got a family, um, sometimes you just have to surrender. And so I surrendered and she, um, I let her do a Reiki treatment on me. And she did that treatment, and I felt honestly so amazing. At the end of that treatment, I could do so much. It was unbelievable. So then I, um, I had I had the treatment. I said, can you come, out, come back? So she came back two times that week, and she did Reiki. I had so much energy. I could make a big meal for my family. I was just out of the hospital, but all of a sudden, I was really, really strong, and, and it was amazing. I thought, I have to learn how to do this. So I had family members, my father died at 51, uh, my brother had had a few heart attacks in his 50s, my mother had had a heart attack, my father's um, brothers had quadruple bypasses, my mother's brother had quadruple bypass, I'm like, I th- I'm not going to even see 50 years old, because I had chest pains, and I thought I'm doomed. <laughs> So I, um, I said to, to this girl, I have to learn how to do that Reiki. I have to be able to help my family. And that was the start of my journey. I uh, took Reiki training, and then I eventually became a Reiki master. And then that wasn't good enough. I had to know more. And so I became a Karuna master, and then a Shambhala master, and then I created my own healing system as well and i took i opened a wellness center
0: yeah. what is the difference between all those reiki uh techniques oh, i am for. a reiki master but but uh but i some of them i have never even heard and uh but i would like to know more about it
1: okay um so i'm glad you asked so yusui reiki is the reiki that Majority of people out there are taking that's your, your um, Reiki that was um, founded by Dr. Yusui and people from all over the world are, are using that kind of Reiki system. Karuna Reiki, you need to wait six months to one year to be able to actually become a Reiki master. I teach it all at once and I took it all together, all levels together as well. And it's um, you receive eight plus, depending on how many symbols you have before you take that training, at least eight more symbols. And they're very specific symbols that intensify the energy that you would have in the Yusui system. So it's a stronger energy and very specific. So it can work on um, past life. It can work on um. Let's see, uh, if somebody has been abused, um, addictions, it's very, very specific. Mm. And so when I say six, to, six months to a year, it depends on how much Reiki that master is doing already, the Yusui master. If you're a Yusui master and you're not teaching and you're not using the energy, then I want you to wait for a year until you are using it more. Uh, that's the reason. But if you're a master who got after it and and is doing lots and lots of work on yourself and lots of teaching, then you could be possibly ready in six months to become a a Karuna master. So Shambhala is um, super, super strong energy. Uh, You, in um, Yusui, Reiki, for example, you'll receive three symbols by level two. Level three, you have another symbol, which is the master symbol. And then if you take your Tibetan masters, you receive a couple of more symbols. But in Shambhala, you are um, you have 352 symbols that are downloaded into you. And so it was such a powerful energy. Um, considering I was so afraid of energy and all of that, I didn't understand it. Earlier on, it's amazing I went this far in energy work. And um, the Shambhala, like I say, I was opened up to 352 symbols from here to the divine. And so it's very powerful energy. You don't memorize the symbols. They're downloaded into you. And through the meditations, through the initiation, you uh, and your meditation and and dialogue with the divine, you then start revealing the symbols, the symbols start revealing themselves, because they're so powerful, is the reason that they're not given to the student to know right away. It's Mm -hmm. something that is almost, you have to work towards it. So the thing with Shambhala is, um, it's, it forces you to love. I always say it forces you to love what, um, you know, the saying, Monica, what goes around comes around. Yeah. It's not like that. No, go around, come around. <laughs> instant, you have a thought that's negative, bam, you've got it back in your face. Like, you, there's no space, so you are truly forced to love. You have to think nice of people, think kindly, have compassion for people. Um, if you start thinking negative, it, it just comes back at you instant. And so, it but was
0: I have noticed I, that I actually, I have noticed actually right now with the energies, uh, that they're so so strong right now. The manifestation is way faster, For yes. positive or negative. People need to be aware of their emotions and thoughts in this moment. And I don't know um, how that can be more amplified because I see the manifestations in a second. And, uh, and how it can be even faster with Shambhala.
1: So fast. It's so fast. Like you don't even have time to think about it. You just have to be kind and loving. You you have to be, you can't, um, you don't want to take that training with anger or unresolved issues. You want to come into the training with uh, a loving heart. And luckily, I say this luckily, because when I took it, I had done a lot of inner work. And so I did go in with an open heart. I did go in with my issues. I had worked on them, so I was really, really clear when I took the training. But many of the people who had taken it at that time weren't as clear. So it was kind of uh, it was kind of difficult for some of them. Um, now, in Divine Compassion, mm-hmm. this is a system that I created myself, and the reason that happened is. Many years ago, when I first started with Reiki, there were a lot of naysayers, well, not a lot. I had some naysayers around me. So people who were like, oh, you shouldn't do that. That's not good energy. You don't know what that is. You don't know where that energy is coming from. You know, I mean, it was just unbelievable, the limited beliefs that some people have, but I had it as well. So I was pretty understanding that way. And when I first took Reiki, I, I was so amazed as how the priest came to talk to me. The pastor in our community came to talk to me. The minister came to talk to me. Because I had this building that had a Reiki training center on it in, in big letters. And that was back in 2000. Yes, because so you magic imagine.
0: All the religions are... Of course, they don't want people to actually know about. Uh, I remember I grew up as a Catholic. I went with a non school. And something that they taught us in there, if you wanted to talk to God, you have to go first with a priest. So the priest can talk to God through you, so for you. And it's like, That's something that I also teach my students, like you can't do the connect, the direct connection without intermediaries.
1: (laughs) Yeah, actually. So they didn't challenge me in a negative way. It was amazing. All those um, clergy or whatever you however you want to call them, it wasn't negative. They wanted to come and understand it. They wanted to have an understanding as to what is this that people are talking about? And so I think I was a good advocate because I grew up very religious. I think I was able to, um, you know, speak to them with kindness and compassion. And um, it was a sister, a Catholic nun that taught me my first Reiki. She taught me all my levels and my master's. Wow! Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I'm sure, Monica, I was very religious. I'm sure I would never have taken it if I didn't have her teaching at first. Now I say I'm very spiritual. I'm more a spiritual person. And to me, religion is learning about God. And, you know, I'm sure feeling, but to me, it was more, for me, it was more learning about God and spirituality was experiencing God and actually feeling God. Yeah, I can see I never felt God when I was just religious. And so, um, anyway, I wanted to, it really bothered me that um, friends of mine that were very religious uh, wouldn't come for a Reiki treatment. They would go to emergency for Demerol shots instead for headaches. And they thought what I was doing was maybe, you know, wrong Mm -hmm. and so i i felt sad i felt really sad about that because i knew i could help them and so honestly i've just prayed and i just said you know please please guide me show me a way that i can touch lives everywhere my passion is to help people all over the world to heal that is my passion that is what i work towards and i love people i have always loved people and I feel people. So I'm so intuitive, and I just can feel pain and I can feel sadness. And and I've changed a lot. I've learned how to now be an observer. Mm-hmm. Instead of picking up all that energy and feeling everybody's pain, I now observe their pain. And so that is that's been growth. That's been spiritual growth. But I asked for guidance and One day when I was working on a client, I was told spiritually to um, create this system called divine compassion, to call this energy work divine compassion. And I was shown how to do this treatment. And I was shown how to teach the class while I was was treating a client. It it was just like all the pictures were coming in. And so I decided to do that, and I taught a course called Divine Compassion, Grandmothers of the Earth, uh, for several years. And psychics would always say, you have a system, and it's so big. And I would say, mm, yeah, I have a system called Divine Compassion. They go, nah. And they would get excited about the name, but they said, no, it's bigger, though. And I never thought for many, many years until this year, I got to see, uh, I had all the downloads come through of how I was to teach this class. And I had major surgery the end of January. And before I went under, I said three things while they had the, the mask on me. I said, let my body accept this surgery. Please let my body accept these drugs, because I never take drugs because of my allergies. And please let my body accept the foreign object they're putting into me. And I came out of that surgery, Monica. I had no pain
0: at all. I remember your recuperation was just fabulous. It was so fast. So, so fast. I remember when you had the surgery, it was so, so, so fast.
1: So unbelievable.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And, um, you know, they told me that I would be bleeding for a long time. They told me I have lots of these things going on. And um, I came up when I was out of the recovery room. They, What would you like for pain? I said, I don't have any pain. So I never had any painkillers at all, not one after surgery. I've never had one since, and it's been two months, and I'm just amazed. What I did do is in the beginning, I used Karuna, Karuna Reiki. Mm-hmm. And after that, I thought, why am I using Karuna? Why am I not using my own system? And so I changed to my own system and amazed, like I've had amazing recovery that I can't even express how good.
0: The other day, um, I was um, with a group of, of healers and so forth, and they were talking about animals with Reiki. And uh, and they were asking me, it works, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Reiki master. And they're like, yes, I have tried it with my cat, and it works wonderful. But to what extent, I have not practiced it beside my cat. To to, And I know many people are very interested to become coaches and so forth of animals not necessarily to teach them where to pee I'm talking about to heal them and and mm-hmm. to communicate with them in a in a bigger level and uh and they're using reiki some of them yeah so do you have more to add to that
1: Whatever you want to know, I've been doing it for 20 some years, 25 years, 26 years. Um, Yes, definitely. Animals have been amazing. We live on a farm here. We have a ranch. And so I have had the opportunity to see what Reiki has done to dying calves, little baby calves that were dying. Uh, My son and I would do Reiki on those little calves and often they would bounce back. And even though I had allergies, I would still attempt to do some healing on them. And you can also do distance healing from a distance. Um, I was able to, we had a horse that, um, it it started going kind of crazy in the pen. And when we put it in the barn and we had the vet come in and I was sending Reiki, my hands started to do this and I was quite far from this horse and um, the vet was, had the stethoscope and was checking the horse and the heart rate had changed and the vet looked at me and there I was like like this sending Reiki and it turned out that um, I said to my husband that horse has a brain tumor and that's why it was going crazy and sure enough it, 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 it it passed but that's what it was it was a brain tumor and so sometimes then I realized you know I was I was intuitive I was starting to pick up Things And I could just, I just knew, I just knew, had a knowingness for what was going on with people. I would run my hands along them. I knew where the pain was. I knew where things were. I could feel energetically. And, um, you know, I also have done a lot of work with First Nation. And so I have done lots of extractions, um, taking out bad medicine, lots of different types of healing and that was hard for me. I, I don't, you know, when that first started, I didn't know why I was being blessed with that gift. <laughs> because, you know, I was a First Nations and I, I just didn't understand how come I was give, being given this ability to to do the things I was doing. But I am so grateful. I I, I do it with everybody. I've done it over the phone. I've done it over Zoom. Um, I, I just think it's fabulous. And I really believe, This is my belief, Monica. If you don't ever, if you take Reiki and you never treat another person, never treat a person, that's fine. But take it for yourself. If nothing else, take it for yourself because you always have your hands. Well, hopefully. (laughs) But you can use other parts if you don't. I mean, that's what's so amazing about it. And you channel that beautiful, loving energy into you.
0: That healing light. Because- I, I I have used uh, the way how I use the Reiki is of course I I don't have all this uh, kahuna or Tibetan or whatever uh, uh, other techniques that you you have other symbols that you have. I went more into different route, but I still uh, more in. Um, BQ and uh, in, in hypnosis or nlp and i bring out the reiki in there so to balance align uh, clear and, and activate the chakras and so forth but i i use it in a very different way that uh, that any reiki pr- practitioner will use it and but that's that's only me but i do have a question Trish um What is Dreamweaver and what do you mean with that? And how do you use it with your clients?
1: So I had a client and I'm a coach. I do uh, spiritual coaching, uh, soul coaching, whatever you want to call it. When I coach people, I'm very intuitive. And so I often channel or I'm told certain things to say to those people. And um, so I said to this one of my clients, I don't know, what do you even call me? Because I didn't even know what to call myself by then. And she said, You know, she said, You are transformative. You are a dream weaver. And I said, Oh, what does that mean? And I knew it meant, and she said, You, you helped transform my life. And you just helped me to achieve my dreams. Mm-hmm. You helped me to get. where i needed to get she was very spiritual and she was very high level energy um person you know she she did a lot of inner work this girl
0: but how do you use it with your clients Um, just just
1: through talking them through talking them through and because i channel information Mm -hmm. then i i call them on their stuff i don't i'm not fluffy and I'm, I'm not just going to sit there and tell them what they want to hear. I want to tell my my coaching clients, my soulmate clients, I call them because they they are walking often my path or they're walking the path I walk. And so I um, I just really help them to see what they're missing. I'll I'll call them on things. You know they'll think, oh, I'm just I really, really care about this person, but not that much, you know, not that. And I'm like, yes, you do. You care, care about them more than you say, right? Like I'll call them on it right away. I don't hold back because me being fluffy and holding back isn't going to help them to achieve their dreams.
0: I totally agree with you. I understand that uh, there is, when you put too much fluffy, people don't get it. You have to be sometimes direct so direct that sometimes even hurts but you're not doing it with the point of trying to hurt you're doing it with the point of actually help and, exactly uh, and, and I, I have the most beautiful different. most
1: beautiful um, clients I can't even express how beautiful my coaching clients are um, because that you can, I can hear them sometimes gasp when I say something and then right away they come back and say you know what you shocked me but you're right do
0: i I had therapies with you uh it was very very um, profound it was very very healing i felt uh that um uh, i was releasing a lot of pain that it was stuck in, my, in me and forgiveness that i was needing to do and it was very very profound and yes, I, I have experienced that. I, I highly recommend you guys to go with Trish. She's really, really good.
1: <laughs> so that treatment that you're talking about is Shambhala. That's what I call Shambhala, uh, the Bawi method. And so it's it's a treatment that I was able to uh, do after I took the Shambhala training. But the other people didn't do it the same way. It's something I developed at, with that energy and it is very powerful, um, Monica, and, and I'm glad that you you felt that and you noticed that because a lot it's life changing for many of my clients.
0: Yes, I have a question. I know that uh, we used to do things in a different way before COVID. We used to have one on one, or we used to have groups of people, and and COVID just turned all that completely upside down and we were forced all the, the coaches or healers to do it in a different way. And some of them did, some of them didn't, but how it was for you.
1: Wow. <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, okay. So for me, Monica, a couple of amazing things happened before COVID hit. Uh, one of them was uh I did a shambala treatment over the phone. And I never, ever, ever knew I could do that. And my, I was coaching a girl on the phone and she was in very bad shape. And I said, oh, I wish you could come here so I could do Shambhala on you. And she said, well, I live too far away. She's about eight hours from me. Hmm. So she said, I can't, I can't come. I said, I wonder if I could do it on the phone. And so- I did. And it worked. And it was great. And so I found that out, first of all, before COVID. Then I hired a coach, a business coach, as you know, before COVID hit.
0: That's how we met. (laughs) That's
1: how we met. (laughs) Excuse me. And um, so I hired her and I didn't know how to even use Zoom, Monica. I did not do anything, any lives on Facebook. I only kind of knew how to market myself a little bit on Facebook, um, you know, through the event, doing an event. That's what I would do. I just was clueless. And I always said I felt like the electronic end of my business was really lacking. And it was the one thing that was holding me back was my lack of knowledge, because My whole life in business, my whole focus has been on the my excuse me, my passion has been towards my clients. I didn't care about all the electronics. I did. I figured I'll hire somebody to do that. I am here to help people to heal. And so then, um, I heard about this business coach, Roslyn, and I I went to her five day free challenge and. She was young and she was energetic and I was getting all excited as I was, you know, doing her five-day challenge. And I thought she's putting a spark in my life again. Monica, I'm 64 years old. I'm almost 65. And to have that youth spark put into me again was just like a godsend. And she young. she got me excited.
0: She's <laughs> too <still> young, please. <laughs> What's that? You're too young and when you're willing to learn the where to learn all about this technology.
1: Yeah. And so anyway, she was super energetic and I thought, Well, I'll I'll go and I'll I'll get her to be my coach, which was very costly to be one on one coaching with her. So I signed the contract and it was a lot it was a lot of money. And I signed a contract with her so I couldn't back out and um and COVID hit. And I thought, oh, my gosh, here I just signed this very expensive contract and I have to shut my doors. Nobody can come in for treatments or for training. I I created when I first said to her, I will take your coaching if I can create that money. And I talked to her on a Thursday. I said, if I can have the money by Monday, I will hire you. And I'm sure she was rolling her eyes when I said that. And I hung up the phone and I, I called this one group that was going to hire me and it was $5,600. And I thought, there's part of, the, part of the money, you know? And I thought, okay, I'm gonna teach Reiki. I'm gonna teach heal your life. And so I started developing all these classes like in three days. Monday, I, ha- I was short $500. I had most of the money. So I knew that $500 would come, and I hired her. But then, like I said, the doors closed. The $5,600, I didn't get that money because I couldn't teach it. The Reiki classes got canceled. The Heal Your Life classes I had to cancel because of COVID. And I was just sick. I thought, oh, my goodness. Uh, You know, how am I going to do this? So I actually... Thought, I'm going to pay attention, see what she has to say. But she's so young and energetic and she's saying all this stuff and it's just going like this over my head because I didn't have a clue. She's talking about algorithms. I didn't know what an algorithm was. I was afraid to ask because all the young people knew exactly what she was talking about. And I just sat there just like lost. I was so lost. I finally had to say to her, I said, Rosalind, I need some space. I need some space. You need to just back up and I need to think for a week or so and comprehend what I just heard. And so I said, don't worry, I'll come I'll come out full force. And, and I did. And it was amazing. And I started to learn how to use Zoom and I started to go on Facebook. But I was so scared, Monica, the first time I wore a black coat. It was, I was in Banff. It was nighttime. I had a black sunglasses on. <laughs> My hair was dark. I did have a white hat on, but you know hoping that nobody could see me. <laughs> so I was so shy. And so I just feel like I've come such a long way. I teach on Zoom all the time. Um this has been the greatest success in my life. COVID has given me the greatest success in my life.
0: I can say that is is been it is funny and not because it's been a tragedy for the worldwide. Many people had died. Many people yes. have got really sick and so forth. But the ones that they uh, that we open up to a different possibility, so a different way of, um, of working or healing or teaching or whatever, is being actually a blessing in so many ways. They have asked me the other day if I will, now that they're starting to open up more business, if I will go and rent the space and and work one-on-one over there with people like, no, <laughs> stay at home. I like working uh, online. Why? Because I'm connected to the world. Yes. yes. And that is very different that um, than before that you only depend on locals. And this is open to the world. We can work with anybody in any part of the world. And we just have to figure it out the hours. That's the only tough part to figure yeah. it out. But that's it. it-
1: Exactly. It's been a miracle. As far as I'm concerned, my whole, my whole spiritual life, I wanted to work all around the world helping people. Yes. Then I said, last year, before COVID, I said, maybe this is my world. Maybe Canada is my world. (laughs) You know, maybe I'm not going beyond there because I only went I went to Cyprus one time to teach. But I haven't done a lot of teaching outside of Canada. And so I thought, well, maybe Canada's my world. And, um, and now I'm like, I have my world right here. Yes. I can, I now will achieve that dream. Yes. And just to be able to touch lives and to be able to be there for whoever needs me now. Um, expanding just I've expanded myself and you have and it's been exciting and, and I love the fact that we've connected because of um, you know mastermind class
0: and we wanted to know how the business our business was, well, uh, our coaching our teaching our healings and so forth we can do it online that's how we met Ross and it's important to connect uh, with a coach of business for for us and actually I believe for almost every single business even as an artist yes. as, a, as an artist uh, I knew that before I spent thousands and thousands and thousands of money shipping my art to galleries that they never sold to Europe to Italy to, to different places in the world that they never sold I would save a lot of money <laughs> but that did not exist before or the curiosity was not there before the COVID
1: yes
0: Kobe brought that curiosity and forced us to get out of our comfort zone and look for coaches like Ross that that actually really flip completely our way of observing things and doing and giving information to the world.
1: It's been very, very exciting. And, you know, financially, I made more in two months than I made in a year. Um, it just totally changed uh everything there. But for me, you know, really my passion is about the people and it is about touching lives. It's more that than it's not about like how much money I can make doing all this. It's how many lives I can touch, you know, who can I help to heal? Who can I help through their grief?
0: Um, You name it. Because now we don't not only help local people, we also help worldwide Whoever wants to be ready, whoever is ready to transform their lives, there are coaches that are always going to be there to help them out. It doesn't matter. I take a lot of classes in New Zealand and I never visit in person. I will, (laughs) but I continue taking classes in New Zealand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many opportunities. Like I've seen, I've taken so many different classes and, um, and some of them I honestly I haven't even like had a chance to finish them because I'm teaching so many classes now um, it's it's just wonderful and then as you know, I just uh, launched my divine compassion the full system the three part system and so that's been super exciting as well and it's um, just making it busier and it's like how do I know where to stop right like because there's so many things
0: can you tell us a little bit uh what is what are they' going to be learning in, in divine compassion?
1: Yeah, sure. So in the first level of divine compassion, it's, um, first of all, it's energy as well. And uh, they have people have to be a Yusui, they have to have the Yusui master symbol to even be able to take this, this training because it's so powerful. And so in the first level, it's about self healing. And so they'll receive uh, abundance of love symbol so that they can channel in this abundance of love for themselves. Uh, they'll also we reactivate a power symbol so they can do self-healing. And they do self-forgiveness as well. And in the second level, it's about helping other people to heal. And so we do work on forgiving other people to start with. And then we um, talk about uh more so they get receive more symbols in the second level they also learn how to do an energy massage and so I teach them that and it's one that I used to do on clients many years ago when I had a wellness center in uh the, our town and it's it's used powder and it's it's amazing it's just amazing and so they'll learn that in the second level and then in the there's two parts to the third level mm-hmm. so the third level day 1 they're going to learn, again, a Reiki massage, how to give a Reiki massage. And in Level 2, they receive another, They receive two more symbols. Level 3, they receive a... Level 3, Day 1, they receive another symbol. And they learn how to do it, this energy Reiki massage. And then um, in... And there's lots of meditations, powerful meditations as well through these classes. And then in Level 3, Day 2... That is when I open their channel to 352 symbols, the Shambhala symbols. And so, very powerful, very powerful energy. Um, and then, again, teach them some very powerful, uh, multi dimensional. So, they're working in multi dimensional. Uh, I lost my train of thought, but that they'll be doing multi dimensional healing. Um, they'll learn how to do the healing like I did on you with
0: you, the Shambhala healing. Uh, in your bio, you said that you were a transformational, uh, multidimensional coach and guide. How did you use this with your clients or how do you teach people about multidimensionality? I, it's, it's a very, for the ones we're working with multidimensional uh, entities or beings, uh, it is, it's easy to understand, but not everybody understands or grasp what do we mean with this. Can you explain it more?
1: Just higher. Being, you know, I first of all, I, I must just hit it really lucky because my clients that I have, um, when, I, when I go to treat them, I tell them I'm working on the cellular memory. We're going to a, the cellular memory. So it's somewhere that they can't go on their own as a rule right? They can't normally get that deep. And so when I do that Shambhala Bowie method treatment, we're able to pull up all these things, all these people to forgive. And, you know, I, I, I tend to work lots with, um, archangels. I work with, uh, the divine, um, Mother Teresa is one of my mentors from many years ago. I had so much admiration for her compassion that she had for people. Um, you know, I call on I call on different um, ascended masters, I guess you could say. That's you. That's where I go um, when I'm calling on that energy and that asking for that help for those people. And so I I never I don't have people question me. I just tell them. We're working on the cellular memory and and away we go. And and there's never, they never ask questions.
0: (laughs) I I do find fear and more when with the religious people, we Mm -hmm. go back to when the people were asking you, Oh, the priest went to talk to you and so on. So, or because you were working with energies and you tell them, Oh, I'm working with the divine and things like that. In that time, they will freak out. Now you're more in power of standing up in your truth because you you grasp it way better, you've been doing this for what thirty forty years
1: no i've I've only been doing it for about twenty six but no. the priest no the priests and the the ministers they didn't freak out they were actually really comfortable with me when I would explain um I think they were freaked out before, and then when they came, I would tell them you know i I'm calling on God that's I'm working with God
0: and I believe now they're certain religions like the catholic and jewish and there are, so there are several uh religions that they still open up more than they used to they used to be yes. very close to all this to work everybody with, was so can, yes but now they're at least they're a little bit more open they yes still, for some religions that they're very close-minded that this is juju do. But uh, but I have seen that openness in, in them and opening at least the curiosity to know about it that that doesn't have to do anything with with any we're working with energy of light. With no,
1: it's it's pure light and love, and I think they see that. And you know they're using it in the hospitals all over the place. And I I think that's the thing. When I first started Reiki, it was a big secret. People were kind of hiding in the closet. They weren't talking about it. They were afraid to talk about it. I started writing for a Central Alberta magazine, um, talking about Reiki freely and started teaching hundreds and hundreds of people. And, you know, I've never, um, I, I I think so highly of Reiki and what it has done for my life and how it healed my life. And I continue to Reiki myself every single day. See, that's another thing. People can take the training, but if you're not doing it on yourself, if you're not treating yourself every day, you're not going to have the enlightenment that I've maybe been able to um, have because of it. So sometimes people will say, well, how come you're like this? And I say, because I do it every day. You know, I connect to that divine energy every day. I dialogue, I dialogue every day. I, you know, I'm, I, am and I'm not. I'm very. I'm just like I said. I'm very spiritual. I'm not this super religious person. I'm a very spiritual person. And um, it's so amazing when you have that connection, that connection with the divine, and then you just feel that love and light coming through you just by asking. You know, you're not going to sit there becoming lonely and depressed and sad. You're not going to have those feelings because the divine is coming through you and it's going to fill your soul, fill your heart and keep you from being lonely.
0: But we, at the same time, we're still having a human experience. And there's, we, I, like I, I mentioned all the time, like we were already ascended because we don't have any issues. We will not be here. Yeah. And I don't care if it was Mother Teresa. Uh, when she was alive, she was still working with herself. That's right. And uh, now that she ascended or or transmuted, whatever plane she is at, uh, she don't have to deal with all these uh, issues as humans we do, like depression, fear, lonely, uh, or that feeling that separation and so forth. That our limiting beliefs that keep you stuck. How do you manage those limiting beliefs and so forth? You only manage it with energy, with symbols, or do you put them to work with, uh, with their issue that is actually limiting them?
1: How do with, I manage them on myself? You
0: no, know, with, with your clients.
1: With my clients? Um, so I just, again, I talk with them. I'm, I'm using symbols. I'm using the energy. I'm calling on the divine. Um, I'm helping them work through. You know, I, when I put my hands over my clients right from the beginning, I just, you know, I ask, I ask for guidance to guide me to help that person to heal. And I get, um, I get, again, messages, guidance, uh, triggers, I'll trigger them and I'll say, oh, your heart, I feel so much pain around it, what's happening? And then they're crying. You know, <laughs> it's like, and then they start telling me what's going on. And um, I just, I think it's just a combination of, of the energy, you know the symbols take you to a higher level. Um, definitely, um, what I have found the high the more symbols that I have been initiated to, the higher I've ascended. Mm-hmm. So that I have noticed, and but I that doesn't mean I go in there with a big you know, a heavy energy, high energy on you come for a reiki treatment. I'm not going to start using Shambhala on you. You asked me for a Reiki treatment, so you're going to get that nice gentle <laughs> little Reiki treatment. Excellent. But if you've got lots of issues, then I'm going to say to you, you know what? You might want to try Shambhala. Or yeah. you might want to try Divine Compassion. So it's like creating the right thing for that client. I'm very, very I have many modalities and I just take whatever I need for that person. I I like to specialize. For
0: that client, Trish, uh, I know that you're gonna you're starting classes and you have classes of going. But you have one that is about to start. Can uh, you tell us more about? Because it may we may have some people interested in. in okay,
1: your- well, I've got lots of classes uh, starting tomorrow. I'm teaching Reiki uh, level one, and then Reiki level two next week. Um, I also have. Uh, I have level three coming up in Reiki. I have master classes coming up in Reiki. My divine compassion starts on April 10th. So people still have time to squeak in there. I'm just sending out the manuals tomorrow. So um, they have to be able to read their manual and they have to be able to memorize their symbols because the teaching is all done on Zoom. All my classes are done on Zoom. And I want to just quickly, if we have time, I just want to quickly talk about that. Uh, I never believed in Reiki training online because it's energy work until COVID hit and I started using the uh, Shambhala energy symbols to open my students' channels. And then I was very, very confident that it worked on Zoom. So I do all my teaching on Zoom now. Uh, I do have Karuna classes in person in June. Um, so the Karuna Masters that will be happening in person, praying that we'll be able to do that. And, um, yeah, ongoing classes. So the best thing, uh, for people, because I don't have my class, I just took down my one webpage that had all my classes. I don't have all my classes on my newer webpage, but people can definitely get a hold of me, email me, and then I will definitely give them my schedule. If there's any interest.
0: I did put um, there, your email in the information, guys. If you're interested in any of the classes, you can find um, Reiki training at gmail.com. Or uh, well, the Divine Compassion, you said you don't have it right now, the, the page, right?
1: Um, I have my Divine Compassion email. is Divine Compassion webpage is up, yes. yes. But there's no classes on it. They were on my other webpage, So it's just a matter of getting those on there. But if people contact me, they can contact me also through um, Facebook Messenger. And I'm more than happy to fill them in. And I accommodate people. If they can't do classes on a certain date and they want to take training, I'll let them pick the date and then we'll start building a class on that date as well.
0: Yes. And uh, do you have something else that you would like to add? Uh, Trish
1: Um, I think that's good I don't know (laughs) I'm also a heal your life facilitator So I facilitate uh, Louise Hayes heal your life Classes if anybody's interested
0: That's That that book actually is the one that Changed my life and It was very very sick and that book Actually Give me the information enough so I can Work it with myself
1: For me as well
0: Yes, it was It was an
1: excellent book. Yes. Excellent.
0: I always recommend that book to everybody. Everybody should okay. Yeah, it's
1: so good. And so I have a workshop coming up in May on Zoom. And there's three Sunday nights in May, um, three hours each evening. And so I'll be facilitating that as well.
0: Well, guys, and uh, we, we thank you guys. Uh, we thank you for being here. And this whole talk. And thank you, Trish. I will really appreciate uh, to have you here. And the next week we're gonna have uh Lindsay Erin Rice from New Zealand. That she's one of my, my classmates of NLP, and also she does circles uh of the moon and and different therapies. And she's really amazing. And we will have her, but uh the next month we're gonna be starting at 8 p.m. central time. So I hope to see you guys there. And uh, thank you, Trish. I really, ah. really appreciate that. Finally, we, we did it.
1: <laughs> Finally. And thank you so much, Monica. You know how much I love you. So it, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.
1: For
0: thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Love you. Love you, too. Thank you for joining me today. I would love to share with you my transformational system, Path to the Heart, that I created just for you. Head over to MonicaRamirezWarriorLove.com and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass in how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.